Scene 16 Setting The Scourging Matthew chapter 27 verse 26 John chapter 17 On the other side of the platform of the praetorium, I could see Barabbas being released. How relieved he was, a murderer, a dead man walking to his certain execution, now being freed by the incantations of the anxious crowds pleading before Pilate. Did he know that I was the one who was actually releasing him? How could he have known? I did not look much like a king. Yet I was happy for his exaltation, because I was thinking of him. My blood had already set one prisoner free. Even before I finished my work on the cross, I was setting the captives free. Throughout time, I will set many prisoners free. Some, like Barabbas, will never totally understand that it is I who have done it. You see, my father causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Matthew chapter 5, verse 45 I will continually pour out grace and mercy upon my people, my children of the earth. Only some, very few, will turn around and thank me. Out of the ten lepers I healed, only one came back to say thank you. Only one. And I am thinking of him as I am thinking of you now, when you might be the one who comes back to thank me for setting you free. For your sake I do this. For your sake I endure this beating. For your sake I endure this mockery. I will remain the silent lamb led to the slaughter. For like all sheep, you have all gone astray, and will go astray. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 The noise of the crowd began to dim as the surreal setting of my torturous lashing was prepared right before my very eyes. The sinister darkness that pressed in around me proved an ominous albatross much heavier than the clouds brewing. The portentous doom contained the sin of humanity, ugliness, murder, rape, crimes of violence, robbery, greed, gossip, envy, lust, abuse, child abuse, jealousy, adultery, rage, and revenge. The soldiers could have simply scourged me, but they began with stripping me first, tearing away my most humble, blood-stained clothing. As they tore it from me, parts of my skin, stuck to the clothing, ripped to cause even deeper lacerations into my body. Perhaps the reason to strip me naked was to make the men feel more powerful. They had armor on, thick metal. I had only a thin layer of skin. Skin is the largest organ on the body. It is a delicate membrane of molecules, alive, and is extremely sensitive to pain. I was fully God, in a fully human form. Had they known the heart of God was beating inside of my fragile chest? the heart which beats universal love and perfect time throughout all of eternity. If they had known, they may have stopped dead in their sandals. They may have bowed before me, 
for soldiers understand a clear line of command. Unseen by crowds, the religious leaders and the soldiers, the heavenly angels poised around me. They remained motionless, at my father's command, weeping as they watched the fallen angels, the demons, along with Satan, close in around me. I heard the demons mocking me like cacklers in a crowd as the people continued to yell, Crucify him! Crucify him! The demons soared with strength. They puffed up their chests and gloated with newfound glee, given to them only for this hour. Just as Satan had entered Judas when he had betrayed me, Satan had only a limited time to dwell in Judas. Satan and his fallen angels have only a limited time on earth. Satan knows this. The broad-shouldered soldiers were pumped up with adrenaline on account of the cheering crowd, and after Pilate's orders to scourge me, they jumped into action. Not that they were eager to get on with it, but like trained pawns in the hands of a grandmaster cheating on a rigged board, they did what they were told, and when they were told. Alone at night, with their own thoughts, it might be hard to rally a man of muscle to do such a deed. But here, with the masses ranting in their support of the whipping, the soldiers found even greater strength. Besides, the Jewish people meant nothing to them. I meant nothing to them. They trained daily through rain or shine, thick or thin, beating their bodies into the strength of iron, just for a task like this. I was not afraid of them as they surrounded me, much like hungry lions surround a helpless lamb. I was the Lamb of God, destined to die for their sins. It was my Father's will. I was to be the perfect sacrifice for humanity. As the soldiers hovered over me, whips poised, they did not know that I was the Lion of the tribe of Judah. They did not know that if I had chosen to roar at that very instant with my mighty voice of many waters, they would have fallen flat at my feet instead. But as the clock of destiny struck the countdown of my final hour, I was in obedient submission to my father. My father had given me a mission, and I would complete it this day. In only a few hours, I would be lifted high upon a cross for all to see. I would even feel forsaken, even by my own father. The soldiers would not look in my eyes. Compassion was not one of their strong suits. If they found weakness in the victim, it would only interrupt their deep-seated training of obedience. They could not show mercy at all cost. If an ounce of kindness or pity rose up in their psyche, they would not have been able to carry out the barbaric tasks set before them. If they felt even a tinge of sympathy or tenderness, the brutality they were exerting would prove to be absurd, and they might retreat from their savage duties. So, to completely avoid empathy, they succumbed to absolute callousness which caused them to be even more heartless and sadistic than was necessary. If they did, however, look into my eyes, they would have found compassion, not weakness. They would have found perfect love, 
not fear. They were, in fact, the ones who were afraid. Any person knows they should not hurt another person. It is written in the absolute law of a human heart. But cultures, groups, mobs, and even a tribe can often convince a person that it is not only acceptable but necessary to commit violence against another person. Today, the violence committed by all of humanity, past, present, and future, would be whipped onto my back. Before I was mercilessly beaten with a scourge, thirty-nine lashes by the hand of the strongest of the soldiers, the soldiers led me past the legionnaire, who held the scourge tightly in his hands. Just the sight of the scourge often made strong men faint. Two leather thongs loaded with lead, spikes, and bones, in order to rip the skin from the body, and in this case, rip my skin from my body. I could feel the rough, enormous hands of the soldier, who now took my arms and tied them to the pillar. Not that he had to tie my arms. I was not struggling. He did not need to cinch the rope so tight. He could have loosened them in pity for me to ease my burdens. He would get no fight from me. But instead of easing up, he wrapped the rope tighter and tighter until my veins were popping out. He was unaware that he tightened them in order to solidify his own actions, to somehow justify himself, to convince himself that I was a dangerous criminal after all, one who needed to be tightly secured. My shoulders screamed in pain as they were pulled to the point of being out of joint. The flogging will begin now. I am willing to take the lashes in order for you to be healed one day. By my stripes you can be healed, for I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. As his hand raised to implement the first lash, the crowd silenced for a timeless inhale. It might seem justified to beat someone, to punish them, or even kill them, until you see it happening before your eyes, and you pause for a brief moment, wondering if you made the right decision. As the bits of bones and the spikes from the carinine tails ripped into my flesh, it felt like the claws of a huge hawk or vulture tearing into its prey. As I cowered beneath the sheer pain, I focused on my precious followers, who throughout the years to come will be tortured, burned at the stake, mocked, beaten, and thrown into prison. I was praying for my followers, especially for those who will not understand why the journey with me had to be so hard at times. One! The soldier, who would count the blows, cried out. As the countdown of my flagellation began, known as the half-death, which could easily cause disfigurement and serious trauma, as pieces of skin and muscles were ripped from my body, causing me to approach a state of hypervolemic shock due to the loss of blood. I was thinking of the assailants, praying for them, just as I am thinking of you and praying for you now. The glory of God is not the glory of man. My kingdom is not of this earth. 
My kingdom is not of this earth. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. My heart was with you during the scourging. You are my treasure. Many times you will lose the primary focus of my kingdom while you journey for a short time on the earth. You will forget to what is really important. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot take anything with you when your body expires. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there will be your heart. You are my treasure. My heart is with you. Every venomous lash in my back would open the door a little bit more to enable a soul to enter into the kingdom of heaven. My eye was single. My body, though being tortured, was full of light, focused on my father's will. Two! I thought of my prayer before the Last Supper, before the countdown to the cross, when I pleaded with my father to set apart our precious followers, those who did not follow, who are following, who will follow to each of their own deaths, misunderstood, mocked, and ridiculed for following me. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, as we are. John chapter 17 verse 11 3. This blow curled the flesh on my back, leaving my body with long, deep wounds. Blood was everywhere. My precious blood, blood that heals diseases and raises the dead, was being poured out onto the stones of Jerusalem. I am becoming the temple. I remain steadfast, to focus on the joy set before me. You are my joy. Your precious soul is my crown. I lifted my eyes up to heaven to seek strength from the cloud of witnesses. Moses, Elijah, Abraham, Isaac, Ruth, Deborah, Isaiah were all cheering me on to be the author and finisher of faith for all time. They applauded me and encouraged me to remember you. My crown, just as they will cheer you on while you run the race to win the high prize of the calling of God. Wherefore, seeing you are compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets you, and run with patience the race that is set before you. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 4 I quoted my own prayer I had prayed for my disciples to keep me on this narrow track. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, Jesus, that I would also glorify you. Five! For you have given me power over all flesh, 
that I should give eternal life to as many as you have given me six. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, Yahweh, the only true God, servant, and know me, Messiah Jesus, whom you have sent eight. The whip encircled my neck and temporarily stuck like a snake sent from hell itself to choke the very life out of me. I gagged. It took my breath away for only a few seconds, but it seemed like an eternity. I staggered against the post. For a moment, frozen in time, the crowd held their breath. Surely he might die right now, some thought. Pilate also staggered under the weight of this particular blow. He clutched his own throat, as a whip circled back around my neck, taking my skin with it. Pilate scratched deep into his skin without knowing it until blood was in his fingernails. His hands were soiled with his own blood. I need to wash my hands again, he thought. Nine! Focus! Narrow is the way, I said to myself after I caught my breath. Focus! I have glorified you on earth, O Lord. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Ten! The crowd reeled. Some swooned. Others got up to leave. This was way too much. The stronger, most stubborn members of the crowd stayed on. One of the soldiers started to convulse as if to vomit. The air began to stink like sulfur, sin personified in a stench. The smell of nervous sweat from the crowd and the soldiers permeated the atmosphere along with the smell of my blood. The chief priests and scribes were turning their faces away, hiding their faces from me, just as Isaiah had prophesied as if it would erase the blood that now stained their white garments. Even Pilate felt faint in his seat of high power. I was God in human form, yet I did not use any of my supernatural powers. I felt every blow. And with every blow, I was thinking of you. Eleven! And now, O oh Father, glorify me with your holy self, and with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I continued to quote the prayer in my mind. It helped me to concentrate on the glory of the Father, which is not the glory of the earth. I had set my mind on the kingdom of God, so that when you are weary on your pilgrim journey on earth, you will be strengthened in your mind to fixate on the kingdom of God. For I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. Twelve! I reeled. My body writhed with pain searing through my muscles. I thought of my disciples as I continued to pray. I have manifested your name to the ones whom you have given me, who have come out of the world unto yourself. O oh, Father, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. I thought my beloved Peter, who would be martyred upside down on a cross for my sake. I thought of the countless martyrs throughout generations who would suffer for me and even die for me. Many will lose their children and their family members. If they suffer for me, 
they will reign with me. Thirteen! Now they have known that all things you have given me are of you. For I have given to them the words which you gave me, and they have received them. They have surely known that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am weeping in my spirit now, not because of the intense suffering I was going through, but for the persecution I knew my disciples and those who would follow me would endure for centuries upon centuries, even to the end of the age. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for those whom you have given me, O Father, for they are yours, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. The glory that is mine will be theirs, as each of them walk through their own valleys of the shadow of death. Their faces will reflect the glory of the Lord. Each wound I will bear with them, as I bear their wounds now. Each sorrow I will carry, as I will carry their sorrows to the cross this day. Fourteen! Father, strengthen me to endure their pain! I groaned in my spirit to my Father in heaven. When I am no more in the world, my disciples will be in the world. I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Some people could not bear to keep watching the spectacle of my body being marred, my face drenched with blood sweat, tears. My lips are chapped, bleeding. My skin is hanging from my body in the most grotesque manner. My knees are shaking beyond control. I am in shock. My body is groaning, begging to fall to the earth to find relief. But I am tied to this pillar. My arms are weak, exhausted and strained. My muscles, veins, nerves are exposed, where the whip has driven into my flesh. I could summon legions of angels, mighty and powerful. One angel alone would be enough to terrify this crowd and send the soldiers running. I felt the wickedness of the religious leaders. Their hearts were much like this whip. They shred their people, just as they shred me laying ridiculous rules upon them, rule upon rule, line upon line, precept upon precept. They feed themselves and let their sheep starve. I will come again to judge the shepherds. I will also judge between the fat sheep and the lean. I am the good shepherd that will feed my people. Ezekiel chapter 34, John chapter 10 I could take my whip again, right now, and drive the religious leaders away from me, those who do not rule in love, truth, righteousness, and mercy. I could drive them out just as I drove out the sellers to the temple in Jerusalem when I found those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, 
and the money changers doing business. I made a whip of cords. I drove them all out of the temple, with the sheep and the oxen. I poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. I said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. So the Jews answered and said to me, What sign do you show to us, since you do these things? It is then I answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? They answered me. But they did not know. I was speaking of my body. I said to them, My house shall be called the house of prayer, and you have made it a den of thieves. Matthew chapter 21 verses 12 to 13 The zeal of my father's house had consumed me. The false leaders deserved the whip that was falling on my back today, just as the buyers and sellers deserved the whip as I overturned their tables in the temple. But instead, it was I taking the whipping for them, so that, in my obedience unto death, it would become the temple, in order that no unclean person or thing could ever rob the people of the temple again. The temple of my body would be the only temple for true worship from now and forevermore. If you are a leader in a false religion, I say, woe to you. You had better know that you know before you teach someone a religious doctrine. As the whip kept striking, I was thinking of you. If you have been taught wrongly by another, or if you have been caught in a web of religious lies, you can call on my name, Jesus. You can come freely into my temple and worship me in spirit and truth. Repent. Take up your cross and follow me. As blow twenty-one fell upon me, I pressed back into my prayer for my own expressed in John 17, carrying each of their blows on my own back. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those that you gave me I have kept. None of them will be lost except for the son of perdition, Judas, in order that the scriptures will be fulfilled. And now, Father, I come to you. I spoke to my own in the world, that they might have joy in themselves. I have given them your word. I have given them myself. The world will hate them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Twenty-two! How is it that I am still standing? I am not really. I am hanging by a thread. My body is frayed beyond repair. As I continue to pray for you, Father, I do not pray that you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep them from evil. Twenty-three! They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Set them apart, Yahweh, with your truth. Your word is truth. I am the Torah made flesh, the way, 
the truth, and the life. As you sent me into the world, even so, I have sent them into the world, and will send them for their sakes. I set myself apart, that they might be set apart and made holy through the truth. Twenty-four! I am not simply praying for my current disciples, but for those who will believe on me through their testimony. I pray that they will be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. I pray that they will also be one in us. I pray that the world may believe that you have sent me. Twenty-five! It is past the point of ridiculous now. Why do they have to keep the scourge going? Why thirty-nine lashes? Surely an eternity has passed since last night, much like the forty days of fasting without food or water in the desert times one million. Although the pain is the most intense physical pain I have ever endured, it is nothing compared to the anguish of a soul darkened with sin, facing the wrath of a righteous and holy God with no hope of a Savior. I am blameless, spotless. I have no sin. So even though my flesh is torn from my bones, I am pure light through and through. I have no darkness in me. Twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Ah! I want to scream out. I slump against the post. One of the soldiers abruptly pulled me back to my feet. They turned my body around to whip the other side, since there was no skin left on my back to scourge. I heard the lambs bleating in the distance, getting ready to be prepared for Passover. Soon they would be skinned. Their skin pulled off their unblemished bodies, just as my skin is being pulled off of my unblemished body. But I did not scream. I kept silent, blood streaming into my eyes, my nostrils, my ears, and my mouth. In my heart, I held you. In my eternal heart, I knew you would weep one day in your own pain and suffering. During that time, turn to me. The stripes on my back, which I am enduring now, will make you whole, for I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. Life is in the blood, and it is my blood which will make you whole. This is the glory of God, the life that I give for the world. The glory, Lord, that you gave me, I will give to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. I pray that they would know you love them as you have loved me. Thirty! With a stripe, I heal you of your diseases. Call upon me, and I will answer. Ask, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. When you ask, believe, 
your faith will make you whole. And those who die without the promises will be those whom the world is not worthy of. Thirty-one! Father, I will that they who you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Thirty-two! Righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and my disciples have known that you have sent me. Thirty-three! I have declared to them. Thirty-four! I am breathing heavily. I could barely think. Thirty-five! I will declare that. Thirty-six! The love in which you have loved me. Thirty-seven! May be in them. Thirty-eight! And I in them. Thirty-nine! Forever and ever. Amen. John 17 I slumped into a bloody ball. I was beyond exhausted now. But I was still thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. When you are exhausted on your journey, when you are weary of helping others or enduring persecution, I have borne your burdens. I have carried your pains. Your wounds are engraved in mine. You who bear the marks of the Lord will be greatly honored. My wounds will heal your wounds. With life-giving blood, I pour into your weary soul the power of Yahweh. In me, the mystery of the Messiah, you possess all things. As a whip wreaked havoc with my body, I was carrying you, just as I was holding the universe in the palm of my hand. My body was shaken, but my plans were not. I was carrying you as I am carrying you now, just as I am bearing your burdens until I come again in the clouds. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 The world does not know me, the world will not know you, but you know me. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John chapter 16 verse 33 At this point I collapsed on the ground, but I will rise, I will rise again and conquer death for all time. Believe in me, and you shall never die. John chapter 11, verse 26